0: cardinals all night long we're gonna talk about the cardinals all night long good
1: morning welcome into another edition of meet me at usual i'm your host daniel shop c70 at the bat, at c70 on the twitters with me as always alan medlock from red dirt red bird and a medlock one on twitter coming to you saturday morning after the Cardinals lost a, I don't, it's not, I don't know if it's a rough one. It was an ugly one. I guess it's the best way to say it um, last night to the Braves. Um, Alan, you know, I didn't get a chance to watch it. I kind of kept up with it on, on the thing. How, how disturbing is it for the Cardinals to lose their first game against reasonable opposition in a while? Uh, and by that kind
0: of score, Mm, I, I don't know if it's still so alarming. Uh, the it was one of those that that you could tell was going to be a good game from the beginning. Strider's really good. I mean, that's it's one of those that uh, he's going to be tough to beat for years to come. Their their lineup's really good, and you can't really make mistakes. I mean, you could tell the momentum swing happened when you know the Cardinals had first and second, or first and third, with uh, with nobody out. And the way that they score runs through a double play after they could have taken advantage of a, you know, of a rally, they score that one. And then the next inning, the Braves score their run on a potential double play that gets thrown into left field. And right then you just knew, you're just like, okay, well, the the margin for error here is incredibly, it is it's low. I mean, you, you can't make mistakes against this lineup and the Braves are playing really well and they took advantage of it. Um, yeah, I don't think the outcome was that was uh, was that alarming, and uh, this is probably could potentially be a playoff, you know, plot type uh, type series, so it'll be fun to watch.
1: Yeah, I think I saw a tweet yesterday before the game that um, Carlos uh, Jose Quintana, um has a pretty rough career record against the Braves, and had already faced them once this year, and it had not gone well. Um, so that. May not be too surprising i know that the worst part of that wasn't for him and like you said the error behind him hurt a lot um and you know like you say four runs in five innings for this team you should be able to keep pace with that to some degree right i mean even when against a good team this offense has shown that it could put up some runs so i'm not you know it was obviously the bullpen that really let that thing get out yeah. of it yeah
0: yeah, there was there was some uh, situations last night where they just didn't capitalize on opportunities too, and that's you know that that stuff can happen. But it, but it was frustrating, you know, because you know O'Neill hit the home run late, but he he uh, he popped out in a in a big situation that could have uh, could have uh, taken the lead. And, you know that that that's just it. Not to throw the not to throw it all on him, but you know there was just uh, several of those opportunities, but they felt like they could have got back in the game and just couldn't. Um, it was just the game last night was so slow. Mm. It was unreal. I mean, that it was. I mean, it was 10 30 in the eighth inning, you know, type of situation. Yeah. It was, it was, I don't know. It was very, very bizarre last night, especially when you have the two two teams of this caliber.
1: Yeah. I mean, there, there's always going to be some of that. And, you know, the more runs, the more hits, the more base runners that tends to, and the more pitching changes do tend to add to it. But, um, let's let's talk a little bit about Nolan Gorman. I'm trying to see okay, he's got eight errors on the year. It feels like and I without looking, I don't know, I could be easily wrong. It feels like we've seen a few more of those recently. um you know, you think that the errors would come early and as he got settled in, you'd have a little bit less. Um, i I don't know is there are you concerned about his defense and then how much concern about his defense matters? when he can hit like he can.
0: Well, I know I'm not concerned about his defense. I mean, when you say that – when you make – I, I understand where you're coming from as far as, as that goes. I'm on the flip side of that. He's playing longer now than he probably has in a long time. Yeah. You know what I mean? One of those type of situations at at, at, a, at the highest intensity level. So, last night was just one that was just – it was just poorly thrown, you know, type of situation. So, he's been a lot better defensively than I expected. I will say that, and uh, I feel like he can stay there, whether, you know, third base becomes open in the next two years or or, or what, you know, not to not to rile that base up, but uh, but no, I felt like he's done well, and, and I kind of equate it more to, you know, mistakes happen, and I would think that his body, would, it'll be interesting to watch him down the stretch just because, You're getting into some uncharted territory for a young guy that that hasn't played with this kind of intensity, you know, yet in his career.
1: Yeah. I do wonder, like you said, if those errors are – and I I can't find it right now to to be sure, but even if they are coming, you wonder if that is a little bit, like you said, a little bit of wanting to be perfect because of what these games mean. Yeah.
0: Maybe some mental fatigue.
1: Yeah, could be. Um, I don't know. Of course, the, the minor leagues were in long last year. I mean, it's a different level, of course. I get what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they did run into September last year. That's going to be something that's, you know, because that's what we've talked about in the past, right? That minor league seasons aren't as long and, and, and you know, they've got to get used to it. But the last two years, and I assume it's going to continue on, the minor league season, I feel, I mean, they've added September basically, right? Um. The, I wonder if these guys are going to, you know, be able to develop that stamina a little bit more now that the the minor league season seems to be going to be consistently a little bit longer than it was.
0: And yeah, that I would like. It makes more sense to line it up a little bit more like that. I mean, I understand why some of the, I understand why those decisions were made to finish when they did. You know, a lot of times Labor Day was typically championships in most of the leagues, and now they're going to run, you know, later into the year and and. Uh, and do those kind of things. So it'll be interesting to watch um, and uh, see how, how they align more to the MLB schedule like they have. Yeah.
1: Um, I still miss the um, expanded rosters. Ah, you know? I agree. Yeah. Uh, I just don't think two is the one. I don't think two is even worth it. I mean, why are you bothering? Um, and I also, there's a lot of guys that get, you know, you can't give that, you can't give that 10 year minor league guy a chance, right? I mean, that was, if I remember right, and I could be wrong easily, but I want to say Jose Martinez was a first time call up in September, and in part because, <clears throat> you know, rewarding him for the, the career that he'd had in the minor leagues. And it, you know, it worked. You know, he was able to, to hit for and be a, an effective major league player for a number of years. Um, yeah, I may be, I may be completely, I may be slightly wrong on that, so don't hold me to it. But that kind of thing, um, you can't you have to be really cautious. I mean, the Cardinals get to expand their roster this week, what? It's on it's on Thursday. And who are we going to see? I mean, we're going to see I mean, Juan Yepes is up right now because of Nolan Arnauto's paternity uh, leave and congratulations to yet another Cardinal father. Um, but you know, he, he may go down when Nolan's ready to come back after this weekend, which case he'll probably be back up. Um, and you got to figure Jack Flaherty's the other one, or if Jack Flaherty comes back early, whoever Jack Flaherty takes place of, and, and that's it, which is, it is good. I mean, obviously to get those kind of guys on this roster is great, but you know, it does, you know, in, in years past, you'd be able to say, okay, we're going to see, you know, maybe an Alec Burleson or, or something like that. And, you just don't get that variety in September anymore, which, you know, I know I get has some advantages and disadvantages, but for me, I'd like, you know, at least, you know, maybe 30, 30 to 35, give you a few more guys that could come up.
0: Yeah. I, I, what always stands out to me in the extended roster conversation is one where I was like, man, I hate this because of all the, all the pitchers. And I always felt like there needed to be a limit who was available that night you know, I wish there was some way they could have done that. Right. But what yeah. Bruce Bochy said about, you know, if when they uh, eliminated the expanded roster, he was like, my son never would have gotten a chance to play, you know, type mm-hmm. of situation. And I was like, yeah, those are things you forget pretty easy, you know, it can happen. Yeah. And, uh, and that has always stood out to me where, where while the pitching was always frustrating because you'd have 30 guys out, you know, one of those type of situations, you, uh, it, I wish they could have limited that, but it was fun to see how they could use it and actually give guys a break.
1: Yeah, there was that idea of what you, you had—forty, 40 guys 40 on active, or not active, but forty guys up. But then you could make a list of thirty that you could use that night, or something like that. You know, yeah. and that number could change. That could change. You'd basically have like one starter. It's kind of like your playoff roster changing after every round. Yeah. But you know, you'd have like one or two starters on your you know, active list. And then you can have a whole lot more bats or, or anything like that, but you know, they didn't go that way. And, and now, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's, I think that's what you're going to see, right? When you get to the 28 man roster, it's going to have clarity and Yepes and, and the ones we've been seeing, right. Or do you think there'll be anything other changes?
0: I, I, you know what? I wouldn't think so. Um, I, you know, I say that and there'll be maybe something that surprised you, but I, I mean, I, that's that's kind of what I, I figured was going to happen.
1: Yeah. Um, speaking of rosters while we're uh, while we're here, though, um, we saw a little bit of uh, maybe a pecking order change this week, right? Um, JoJo Romero came up for a little bit um, while Ryan Helsley was on his paternity leave, and then the, which was extended a little bit. Um, and obviously made it a impact. And I guess he probably had the, the club kind of knew what they were getting bringing him up, but he uh he showed some some real promise to the point that Packy Naughton got sent down this week when, when Ryan Helsing came back instead of Romero. Um, were you a little surprised that I mean, because I think to some degree we thought that Edmondo Sosa for Romero trade was just kind of a you know kind of a wash to some degree. Uh, yeah. yeah to see what Romero could what did and how how well how quickly he made an
0: impact on the staff well you know he was top prospect at one time uh the uh maybe he could possibly be the change of scenery guy this goes back to, to those things that I feel like the Cardinals turn over every stone as far as the research on these players go and that may have been the hope that he could come out and do the things that he did so so it it's uh uh it's back back to that just fluctuating bullpen that we seem to talk about every week that uh, if you're effective, you're going to stay up and you're going to get some opportunities. Yeah.
1: Well, one guy not so effective as of late. Oh, wow. Era. Yeah. Um, you know, as somebody, uh, Jeff Jones has been pointing this out, and, I, and it's gotten worse since, he, since I saw the tweet last night, but, uh, you know, obviously back in June, he threw that four innings against the Cubs when the Cardinals really needed Four innings. Um, since then, he has thrown nineteen innings, nineteen point two. Has an ERA of seven seventy eight. Um, batting average against of two eighty six. Has twelve walks and eleven strikeouts. Now, I think those numbers are a little bit skewed, just a bit, not much, but a little bit, because out of those appearances, and that was, uh, let me quickly look at that. That's 19 appearances. Um, Let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 of those 19 appearances have been scoreless, at least on his mark. I'm not looking at inherited runners. Um, But for the most part, it really feels like now we're getting to where if Cabrera's on, he's fine. But if he's off, it is bad quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's you know we brought up Cabrera a lot last week and thought that maybe there was some reason that he wasn't throwing as much, but man, it's it's pretty much ineffectiveness right now, which is which is bad because he was such he was probably one of the top two or three relievers in the first half. So the uh, it's it's tough to watch because I feel like you have to have good Cabrera to make a run at this, um, and, and 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 it's troubling. I mean, and it it kind of bothers me, especially last night, just to eat those pitches. You know, he was out there to wear it a little bit last night. And that's that's something I didn't think we would see out of him much.
1: Yeah. I think it's what maybe the most concerning is, and it was highlighted as well. We're looking at the month of August. He's pitched eight innings. Yeah. Um, in eight different games. Hasn't struck out a batter yet. And that's, I mean, one, it's hard for any pitcher to go too long without striking out a batter, but especially a guy like Cabrera who has that kind of thing in his game. I mean, that's what Cabrera out there for, right? He's not this guy that's supposed to be getting soft contact or whatever he's supposed to be striking guys out yeah and he's not um yeah it's gotten worse it boy i mean i'd hate to think that there's an, in, an injury situation we're not seeing but almost that's better than the alternative right i don't i don't know what this means for for henesis cabrera going forward if he's going to pitch in september i mean at this rate he'll be left off the postseason roster but if he's going to pitch even meaningful, any kind of thing in September, you know, things have got to get better quickly. And I don't, again, I don't know what they do there.
0: Gosh. I, yeah, I don't know. And it's, uh, it, I don't know. That that one worries me more than anything, just because I, I have such, I feel like the two lockdown guys that we've seen the last few years, you know, Helsley's on another track right now, but, you see Gallegos and Cabrera, and then you can even throw Hicks into that. Where I just, don't, I'm just not as confident when those guys throw anymore. And like you know, in the past two years, I, I That's exactly how I felt. I was like, okay, you're in a pretty good spot now. And man, it's it's troubling. So you know, I don't know. And that may be that maybe the importance of the Romero situation as well. That uh, you can fill that bullpen, that that power throwing uh, bullpen spot out of the left hander's role. And me, you know, let's just hope that it works. I I don't know. I'm a little worried about the bullpen, which is something I haven't said the last three years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's not as strong. Now, I think I get what you're saying about Gallegos. And I definitely have been that way as well. He seems to have turned a bit of a corner, um, you know, since he had an appearance right before the all-star break. But since then, he's got a 0.79 ERA in 11 outings, um, 13 strikeouts. I feel like he's kind of put something back together. I don't, I mean, again, I'm still a little bit leery because he tended to give up some runs early on, but I think he may have found something, but you're right with Cabrera. You're right with Hicks. I mean, Hicks is another guy. It's like, and that's from inning to inning, right? I mean, if he can have a good first inning and a, in the second inning, go to pot or, you know, he can be a very dominant out, you know, reliever. He can have outings where people find him. And so, Yeah, without Helsley, I mean, I think that's why we're seeing so often, you know, we've seen where, you know, uh, Marmol tries to do as much with the starters as he can, and then maybe as much as Helsley as he can, you know, because we've seen that, what, seven innings out of the starter and two innings out of Helsley or something like that at times because of being not 100% sure of what kind of bullpen arms you're going to get.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's always interesting to watch some of those multi-inning uh, relief appearances due to the uh, um, <laughs> just due to the confidence of, of of what guys can do or the telling of who's actually available at this point, you know. And that's uh, that I I always wonder. I think last night they were really I wouldn't say pushing, but it was more of the talk of since the runway shortened for Mats, he's going to come back in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. and I think that it's the easiest to say, man, that's great to have in the, the bullpen, and sometimes that just doesn't translate to success. I mean, and I feel like that's kind of a safety blanket that we fall on a little too, mu- too much. Now, I really like Matt's and I feel like he's going, I mean, <laughs> I hate to say this, I would kind of forgotten about him because I was thinking there's no way he's getting back. right? You know what I mean, on the knee deal. And then, you know, when that came out of nowhere last night they were talking about it, I was like, I hope that's not one of the solutions they find that he's just automatically going to go out there and get outs because sometimes they just don't translate and that's kind of concerning to me. But I do feel like they're going to have to figure out some bullpen stuff very quickly because I think that you see now that where your lead is, uh, you don't feel like you've sealed everything away, but there's some areas that you're going to have to tweak to improve if you feel like you can't make a run. And it's just surprising to me that we are talking about the, uh, the bullpen in a negative light. Me, particularly, that's my biggest concern right now.
1: Yeah, I think that it is. It has to be, right? The offense, I mean, it's not perfect, but it's definitely an asset to this team. Um, you, you can poke, we can, and we probably will talk a little bit about some people that we're a little concerned about. But overall, the offense is good the starting pitching is good and it's going to get better as, as we can talk about that in a minute. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a little bit of, of shakiness in the, with the bullpen right now. And you know, that's, those are the games that are more frustrating to lose. Right. I mean, if you lose cause your starter doesn't have it, man, that's, that's bad, but okay. You know, you have, you have nine innings to get used to that Yeah, if you have it because the, the offense didn't hit, you know, that's frustrating as well. But if you lose a game that you're winning because the bullpen gave up, you know, three runs in the eighth, those hurt more because you had it, you had it, and and it slipped away like that. And especially in the in the in the postseason, you've got to be able to lock down a lead. I mean, you just have to. And yeah, if if you're not confident in the guys that are out there, um, that poses a whole lot of problems.
0: Yeah, I mean, Marmol plays it. He's pretty quiet on how we on how he handles these things. I've noticed, mm-hmm. but you you do wonder how close he is to bringing in Helsley in the fourth to finish the game. <laughs> you know, some you know what I mean. Sometimes, ultimately, the rotation hasn't forced him to do any of those things. But I feel like his most confidence is in Helsley, and it probably should be. Um, I'm I'm going to take a special note of who else he goes to. Here down the stretch just to see who that he who he's confident in getting out because you bring up a playoff roster type situation, not to cart cart before the horse, but it would be interesting to see who actually makes it at this point where we thought, you know, Cabrera would have been an absolute lock. Now he's probably questionable. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean the 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 thing is now to, again, this goes back to the expanded rosters, right? But Playoff roster isn't often that much difference in regular roster because you only have the two other guys that come up, right? And I mean, yeah, you can pull out of your minor leagues if somebody's hurt or or whatever the case may be, but you know, for the most part, I think determining a playoff roster is less of a fun exercise these days than it used to be um, because you don't have to worry about you know that rookie that came up and is hitting in September or anything of that nature. So it's going to be very similar to what we saw. And that may mean that Cabrera makes it just because there's not necessarily a an obvious. Agreed.
0: Agreed. Track record probably say, says a lot. Yeah.
1: And, you know, Packy Naughton went down this week. You know, in theory, you could say, okay, maybe Packy Naughton replaces him. But Naughton, after having such a great beginning of the year and, and having those, you know, some of those tough outings that he got out of situations. He's really struggled the last little last few times out, and I don't know that there's any more. Con- there's obviously not since he's still he's hit down, I think, to some degree. But I don't think that they would have any more confidence in him than even a struggling uh, Cabrera. So I mean, that's really your only other option, you know, because you're going to keep Cabrera for the left side. So I mean, I th- I think it would it would if I think they'd almost have to fight an injury to keep him off the run. Yeah. You know they were not going to be. as con- They're going to use him in the fifth and sixth inning, and not yeah. eighth and ninth inning, probably. And well, I mentioned that's what we're going to see for the next month as well, trying to get him right.
0: Yeah, and you know that's when you. The more we think about it, and, the, and your explanation right there made a lot of sense. Just because I feel like Hicks, Helsley, Cabrera, Gallegos—that is the Cardinal bullpen. You know what I mean. That's where everything bases off of. And then the surrounding parts like that kind of fall into place by performance. And if I'm missing a name that's maybe effective in that situation, you know, I, you know, apologies. I'm not, I'm not real sure. That's just kind of a gut reaction on how it works, which tells me that you're you're probably spot on about that, that it's going to have to be something pretty drastic for him not to go just because the track record speaks volumes and we know the abilities there, you know, with the work through some things is probably what's going to happen.
1: You know, that's, that's assuming we don't hear, I mean, one, it's assuming September isn't even worse than what we've seen in August, but also assuming that we don't hear anything about an injury and, yeah. you know, again, no strikeouts and the way he's going, I think I have to look, I had to look it up. I think that's, I saw something about his velocity being down a little bit, um, which would explain a lot of things. I mean, that just. All that seem. I mean, I'm sure he's still in the fine, and I assume nothing has shown up on an exam because I'm sure they have done these kind of things as the way he's been going. Um, but, man, it just... If, if it came out that he was done for the year, it would not surprise me,
0: just the way we're seeing him, bitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh, it's just weird that it seems like everything had kind of fallen apart there when we were in town and the spike. I know I keep bringing that up. It's just... As as a culture, as somebody that that pushes culture so hard, I just feel like those are the things that you just can't have, and I I want to keep banging on that, and I'm I apologize, but I, I just don't know. I mean, it's one of those where maybe it was performance, and maybe he saw this coming. How he wasn't as effective as he wanted to be, and I we I should probably give him a little more leeway, and maybe they have, you know. So so I don't know, but yeah, that will be something to watch. I mean, it, it's funny. I was even thinking that last night. I was like. The bullpen was their biggest strength in my eyes for the past three years. I've never felt like it would be the weakness, but I should because we talked about the fluctuation of a bullpen weekly. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's right yeah. in front of your face a lot of times.
1: Yeah. And again, I want to, you know, give credit here. You know, I'm looking at even just in August, even when Cabrera struggled so much, it's only three of those eight outings has he given up runs. They've been big ones that, you know, he gave up four and with nobody didn't get an out against the Rockies and gave up five last night and, two the day before the last time out in in uh, Chicago, um, but you know he threw a scoreless hitting in against the Cubs in at the beginning of the year. He threw an inning and in two thirds in that one to nothing game against the Yankees. Um, you know, so you can have good outings out of him, and I know they've tried to put him at some points in time in in lower leverage situations trying to get him right, um, but you know and. I just don't, I don't know. I mean, you just can't, you know, you can't get a good outing out of him. You just don't know that you're going to get a good out of him. And that's, that's big. Um, at this time. Um, yeah. So you're talking, let's talk. I mean, you said something about Matt's coming back and that would be the only other, I guess, change in the postseason season roster. If he can pitch in September, they'll probably put him in there, but then again, maybe not because you got Jack Flaherty coming back either this week or next. Um, and, um, you know, that means when you get to the postseason, you're already going to have to bump one starter to the bullpen, right? I don't know if they put two out. Yeah. Or, on the other side, they. although, you, you know, I mean, you'd make the argument that they could leave Dakota Hudson off the thing. If he's not going to start, you just leave him off the roster, and have Matts if he's showing that he can do pitch well at the bullpen. But... You know, we saw really good Dakota Hudson out of that in that last game against the Cubs. We've seen good Dakota Hudson before. How many good Dakota Hudson starts in a row do you have to see before you actually believe that he's good? I mean, I, I, I'm not asking that, not for you, for anybody.
0: No, I, I know what you mean. And it, I chuckle every time about this because it seems like right when Dakota Hudson's left for dead, mm-hmm. he comes up out of nowhere and has a good start. You know, last week we were talking about that being the easy move, you know, when Flaherty came back and possibility of it being a a Quintana if they had to go to a four man rotation. And now you're like, okay, OK, kind of rebounds a little bit. How how much trust can we put into that? You know, I don't know. I mean, especially with Flaherty knocking on the door. And I guess he looked really good last night. And that's one that you're going to have to get back pretty quickly. Um, Gosh, maybe one more. I mean, I feel like I the way the reason I feel like his rope is so short is because I just feel like Ollie's been so blunt about mm-hmm. his performances and lack of ability to kind of answer the bell when there have been things given to him that he should do. Um, I think that would be the easy move, but but I've been wrong before many times, so I I really don't know. Um, I would think that that would be that would be the uh, the uh, the path to least resistance move, um, but you know it. it it's just going to be tough if he has another good start or two to make it. But I don't know. I mean, it, time's running out, one way or the other.
1: Yeah, you know, we thought he had turned a corner back at the beginning of June through those two seven inning, one run games, and we're like, okay, Dakota Hudson got a kick of the pants. He's pitching, you know, more efficiently pitch comms working for him, all this stuff. And then the next time out, he gave he went seven again, but then he gave up six runs. And after that seven run, six run, seven innings, six run game, he had ten innings, ten games and didn't average five innings, right? Had an ERA over almost six, uh, before this last outing. So I think, yeah, I think you got to see at least probably a couple more good ones. And he may not get that opportunity, like you said. I don't see the Cardinals going to a six-man rotation um, for September. Now, thanks to the Cubs, which is hard to say, but okay. Thanks to the Cubs and apparently their ability to beat the Brewers no matter when they play. Yeah, um, Cardinals still have a six-game lead in the division. Here we are August, well, through games of August 26th. So, you know, we've got, a month a month and a week because of the extended games um, left. I I don't and I know that I think just the way these teams are playing and with the schedules and all that stuff. And you're right, knock on all sorts of wood, this has probably come back and bite me. But I don't worry about the Brewers as much anymore. I think the Cardinals are gonna have a fairly comfortable september they're not going to get the bye so they're going to be playing that first round first round series anyway um and i they could go to a sixth man just kind of spreading these guys out and seeing what they have um and or if not a you know at least have some more spot more the more regular spot starts even if they have a fifth man I what, what, do, what do you do? I mean, do you put, cause I don't know that putting Dakota Hudson in the bullpen and we've talked about this some, and I know the Cardinal off days guys have mentioned it as well. His, his makeup or his, you know, the way he pitches, does it, if he's pitching well, he needs to be a starter. If he's not pitching well, it doesn't help him in the bullpen cause he's not striking out guys.
0: You know? Yeah. And he walks too many guys. Yeah. The, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's, It's just so hard to say. I mean, because, you know, it's going to go back to the famous line, unfortunately, these things work themselves out. And uh, what worries me is it's going to work themselves out by uh, a a slight injury to Michaelis or something like that, who has pitched so well, showing that he's 100% healthy. You know, knock on wood, that's not the case. But uh, there is not a clear answer on this. Uh, that's why it kind of surprised me that they rushed Flaherty back as a starter. But I guess to get the maximum value out of that, you have to. And, and ultimately, when we were talking about that, to where I, and I made the comment, I was like, there's just not going to be enough time for him to ramp up as starter. That was thinking that the minor league season was going to end in August. I had completely forgotten about the extended run. You know, they, to, uh, did like we talked about earlier in the show, to where he had time and he's going to have time to come back before the minor league season really even I mean most of the last homestands start next week so I mean he's going to make it back well ahead of time so I was completely wrong on that um, yeah but the answers aren't easy on Hudson and it's one of those where I've held out a lot of hope that hey he's going to be the pitcher that he thought he was but hey after three years it really hasn't changed even post Tommy John and all that stuff I mean it, it, he's kind of the same guy I feel like they've kind of lost a little bit of patience with him as well Um, but I I don't know what the answer is on that. Um, I wouldn't like to see anybody else out of the rotation move. You know, you know, you know, you're not going to get it out of Michael Swainwright or Montgomery at this point. I don't, I don't feel like Quintana's pitched himself into any role to where he, he should be moved. So yeah, I, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the most successful outcome will be when they make this decision. I, I don't want them to fall in love with the idea that he can be the guy that can go in and get a double play because that concerns me out of the bullpen. That, that's yeah. not going to happen because he walks too many dudes. Right.
1: Yeah, he might. Yeah. he. You know, he gets double plays because he puts guys on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and in part, yeah, he gets the ground ball and stuff. But you're right. You know, you give up a walk and then you give up a ground ball, but not to the right spot. And you have runners on first and third, or you have bases loaded, or you have a run in, or something like that. Um, yeah, I think you you get a little dicey putting him in the bullpen. But I just, you're right. I, I guess if they wanted Jack Flaherty back as a reliever, he'd already been back, right? I mean, there is something to that. They let him stay down, which you know, one helped them not have to make a decision. Um, but two, I mean, I think I think one, I think Jack wants to start. And if Jack's at healthy, which what it seems to be, then you want him as a starter because that's, that's even better. And um, I – but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, do you piggyback him a little bit? Do you, you know, say Flaherty's your guy for four or five innings, although he pitched, what, 85 pitches last night, I think? Yeah, 85 pitches. So he's up to where he can pitch pretty much his normal, you know, normal outing. You know, five or six innings. I don't know that you needed Dakota Hudson to, to piggyback on him. Um, I I don't know.
0: I really don't. Yeah, I, yeah. I know. It, it, it's funny. It's one of those that I just feel like you know they they're going to handle Flaherty with kid gloves, but that's still going to be five or six innings. I would think. Yeah. You know what I mean? One of those things, and uh, I feel like to get him back, the way that they want to get him back is going to be the one A in your your uh, rotation. You know what I mean? I I mean, I just feel like that's been the plan all along to go on and be one of the top four and dominate. Um, So it just doesn't make a lot of sense to come in and like a piggybacking role. And and they may have to do that. You know, that's, it seems like Pelante has taken that. I'm not so certain Hudson would, you know, as well. So yeah, the answers aren't there. I mean, and that's, that's what concerns me because these things, every time we have these issues, something happens to make it an easy call and I just don't hope that's an injury to one of the big three. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hopefully not as well. Um, I, you know, I think that, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't necessarily have a lot of faith in Jack Flaherty coming back as anything like top notch Jack Flaherty. Um, I think he is your four in the postseason. Um, but that's still better than what, you know, even if Jack Flaherty is, as your four is better than definitely Dakota Hudson has been and probably better than Quintana as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see how he comes back and I'm very interested to see what they would do. I mean, if um, if Matt's comes back as well, I mean, that's a lot of innings in the bullpen, which is I think something you can use in the – postseason because if you know if Jack Flaherty struggles in the second inning you don't have to just keep him out there you know you can go to the bullpen bring a, a Mats or a Palante or maybe a Hudson or, or whatever but somebody with some length and not destroy your bullpen for the rest of the series and I think you know there's value there if if maths can show that he can do it and I think I still feel like this feels, it still feels like you said. I expected Matt's to be out the rest of the year. For them to be talking about him, you know, getting a little bit of a rehab, feels, I still feel like I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop and he's just not going to make it back this year.
0: Yeah. 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 that's, uh, you just, yeah, it's concerning. I mean, it, it's, uh, it, it, I wonder about that as well. And it's, it honestly, when he, it, it just feels like they've, they've ramped it up too. You know, that's most of the time. You know, I remember, for some reason, every game that's an oddity in in Wrigley during the day toward the end of the season always reminds me of the Chris Carpenter return game where we thought his career was over. Mm-hmm. And it I don't know why it parallels to me the way that they're kind of handling Flaherty in a way. And the fact that, in other words, I go to the minors, show you could do it, get four or five, six rehab starts and come back and be the guy that we think that you can be. And uh, it, it kind of feels like that's what's kind of going on with Flaherty. Um, and you're right. I mean, it's it's kind of – that's something that I hadn't considered. The fact that after he made it through the first couple of rehab starts and made it, I kind of chalked it up as, hey, he's coming back soon, you know. But you you bring up the possibility that the rug could get pulled out from under us by noon today whenever they announce all their information like they typically do before they announce the lineup. <laughs> you know, one of those things after his best rehab start last night. So so that's that's definitely a possibility.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I'm a little less concerned with Flaherty than Matt's. I just don't – something in me thinks that Matt's isn't going to back. But, um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, we'll find out. It does seem like you did a fine job last night. Yeah. Um, And, you know, we'll we'll find out, at least find out when they want to bring him back. There's the opportunity to bring him back. I think they said Wednesday in Cincinnati, which would be on the 31st, or he could pitch against the Cubs after the dead. Unless Flaherty really pushes, I would be really surprised if they brought him back on the 31st, just because that's making a roster move they don't have to make. Then again, you know, because yeah, even if you send somebody down, they have to wait the, the ten days or whatever to come back up. So I don't know. I just feel a little bit surprised if they don't just wait till you know bring him up on the first and have him ready to go for the the next game um, against the Cubs somewhere along the way. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, we've done all this talking about the pitching staff. I guess we should probably turn. First of all, we haven't talked about the series in Chicago, which. Turned out okay. Um, I think you you can't argue with winning a five-game <laughs> series in Chicago, yeah. but it'd been kind of nice to, to win another one or two of those games.
0: Yeah, I was concerned about losing four or five. Yeah. I know that sounds silly now, but I just thought the oddity of the full week series, not wrapped up through the weekend, Chicago was playing well. I was like, I'm afraid these games are going to be good. They're going to lose four or five, and and we may you know, start worrying about this lead a little bit. So even when the series on the road like that I thought was pretty big. Um you know, there was some good pitching performances, there were some bad ones. I mean, and that's you know, that that's uh yeah, I guess I guess the best that we're gonna get right now, especially in a series like that.
1: It was a bit interesting, and again, it seemed like I don't think the wind was ever blowing out at, at Wrigley in any of those games. It felt like there was a lot of probably a lot of gray days, a lot of, you know, the ball just didn't maybe go as far as it could have gone. Although the Cardinals did wind up hitting some home runs. Um, But the offense was kind of sputtering a little bit in that series, which was a little bit surprising given that how the Cubs are, but they faced a lot of pitchers they hadn't faced before. And I know we've talked about that. I think they've gotten better about facing those kind of guys, but there's still something to that. Um, Were you a little bit surprised? I mean, you know, game one, is a one to nothing game on an Albert Pujols home run, you know, game two, I think there is the one they were shut out. I mean, three and five. Yeah. They had the big offensive explosions in them, but I was, you know, for a while there, it was like, you know, has the offense kind of, you know, forgotten how to hit for a minute.
0: Yeah. And it's, yeah, that's uh it was at the Michael's game where he got hit pretty well and then they just couldn't seem to score. Was that game yeah. two? Yeah. yeah that's, that's Yeah. Yeah, and it was that was frustrating. You're just like, oh man, you just can't get anything going. And then you just have to remember where you were and, and kind of those things that that happened. Well, even in the one nothing game, I was thinking late. I was like, Contreras is going to sting them at some point. Mm. You know what I mean? One of those. You're just like, this is going to stink. But you know, it was it was fairly poetic about winning the game one nothing on the way that they did it, and and uh, probably speaks a lot to how this Cardinal season has actually lined up and and will line up. You know, that's uh, there's a bit of magic to it. Um, you know, Albert kind of found the fountain of youth slightly, you know, and, and it, it's fun. I mean, that, this is what we've been waiting for. So, yeah, I mean, it, there, there are some concerns of mine. Um, You know, it's, I know that we're going to get into it a little bit later, but, uh, you know, there's some players that you just kind of wonder how much longer they're going to be in the lineup. Um, You, there's some guys that have solidified their spot in the lineup. And then there's some question marks about who's playing when and, and, and how they're using them. But, like I said, these is these are the dog days, and uh, you know there could be some bumps and bruises. So, so you know, time's going to tell if they're going to be able to hit or not.
1: Yeah, I mean, right now we talk about this offense being very good, and it is, but it's also a little bit concentrated, right? I mean, it's it's Goldie who's working on the triple crown right now, um, getting really close. Um, it's Arenado who's been on fire until he gets tossed out by a questionable ump. Um, it's Ben Albert when he's in there, especially against the lefties. Um, su- surprisingly, it's been Corey Dickerson. Yeah. Uh, he got 10 straight hits and yeah. it's like crazy in the second half. And, <clears throat> you know, we talked about him earlier in the year. and We said that injury came at the right time because he was it felt like, you know, one foot out the door. Right. With, with O'Neill and Bader or O'Neill and Carlson coming back at the time. Um, it just felt like he was ready right there at maybe getting a DFA. And now, I mean, you're starting to think, you know, well, if they need a fourth outfit, you know, something for next year, he's not, you know, he still could be a possibility then. He's, I don't know that any of us saw the turnaround that Corey Dickerson has had this year.
0: Yeah. 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 It, it, it's going back to his days with the, uh, with the Drillers here, you knew the dude could hit. I mean that was one of those he he started you know he was their the he was the designated hitting uh, leadoff guy from day one in Tulsa and he did not stay here very long because he hit his way out of it. Um, he, uh, it, I honestly thought too you know in a couple of uh, situations, especially this year, that I was like, well, this is his third team, maybe fourth team in three years, as a matter of fact. But uh, you're like, well, is he kind of left for dead? You know, is it one of those? Has, has he been figured out in his time? You know, was, that role doesn't always last a long time. But to see him come back and do what he do what he's done, and it, it opens up the possibility of playing time over a lot. I mean, it's I would kind of like to know more about the Dylan Carlson situation a little bit at this point. Um, but Dickerson has obviously been a guy that they can put in the lineup and feel pretty pretty comfortable about that right now. And that's that's something that I don't think that we could have agreed upon, you know, a month ago.
1: No, not at all, and that does you did you open the door there to to Dylan Carlson, and I think that's a fair place to walk on through. Um, obviously, he's had his struggles, but it's been a little surprising how much he has not played. Over what has it been three or four games now that he hasn't played? Uh, he came in one game as a defensive replacement late, but I don't, I don't think he's lost his lost his lost his place in. The Cardinals' plans, but you don't usually see a guy. But then I say that. But I think they've done that with Tyler O'Neill this year too, right? Where he didn't play two or three or four games, trying to get right in the cage, trying to get right with drills, and then coming back out. Um, are you a little surprised of how they've used Carlson?
0: Yeah, I'm very surprised. Um, and you, you know the thing, and you like I said, I will. I feel like there's always behind the scenes things that we don't know. And he may be a little banged up, you know, one of those situations. Right. But my deal is, is I felt like when the chips were pushed all in to get Montgomery, that, that the headlines that we read were, Hey, we're investing in you and you're going to get a long run in this. Right. And not that he can't play it, but I'm surprised that we've seen O'Neill several times in center field with, with Carlson sitting at this point. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those that I, I feel like it needs further explanation,
1: yeah, I I, th- I think that, uh, and maybe we'll see that. And maybe, you know, maybe he'll be back out there today. And, and Ollie will, I know they've talked about wanting him to, to look a little bit better. But at some point, you've you got to put him out there, right? I mean, you've got to, you, gotta, you know, there's only so much you can do off the field um, to get ready. I think you've got to, you know, show that you can do it. Um, you know, that said, with Dickerson hitting, with Newt bar hitting who Lars has done a, a great job over the last month, And, you know, those are two guys you want to have in the lineup. And, you know, so either Tyler O'Neill or Carlson's going to sit with those guys being hot. Um, you know, let, you know, you've had Tyler, let Tyler be out there and let Carlson try to, you know, get a little right. And then maybe you switch them around because Tyler O'Neill has struggled some too. I know, like you said, he meant you got a home run last night, but um you know, maybe that's one of those things that they're just going to let those hot, hot guys be out there for a while and just kind of rotate and let these guys that are not so hot, you know, see if they can get some work while, you know, and then occasionally like, get them in there. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's a plan. And like you said, it very well may be that Carlson's, you know, feeling something or, or whatever the case may be. They don't really want to get that out there yet. But um, at some point in time, hopefully we'll figure out what's going on. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I
0: felt like this was a... Uh, he was going to be a mainstay of the lineup for him to sit. I understand things are fl- things fluctuate, and and I really can't argue about how Marmol has put things out. But this one is questionable to me when it seems like they vested so much in him right away.
1: You know, and I will say, I don't question a lot of what Marmol does. I, I know what... I feel like if Marmol's doing something... Marmol knows what he's doing, right? I don't, I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this. I think with past managers, you would say they were maybe going with their gut or they had their guys or whatever. I think Marmol has shown enough, you know, reliance on analytics and things of that nature, whether it is, you know, traditional stats, whether it's, you know, the biometrics that they have or whatever the case may be. That I feel like if there's if a guy's sitting out, there's a reason for it. I don't feel like it's oh you know he's just not playing his guy. He's just playing his guys, and because we've seen him take out guys that are struggling, and that's the the thing also, right? In the past, it'd be like, well, why aren't they playing Lars bar? Because he's been hitting and oh you got you can't you know the guys that he's sitting out are are guys that aren't producing, and that's a little bit different than what we've seen out of the last two managers.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And that's – it. it's funny. I had – I was a little skeptical that they that they made the move last year. just because I was a Schilt fan, but then th- reading between the lines, you felt like this was a move that was made. And I remember when the firing happened, you and I were talking. And I said, this may be more about Marmol than anything. Yeah. And yeah. what – and my concern turned into, is this just another – company man, company line that they put in, that's just going to, you know, and not that I'm against that, you know, by any sure, means. Sure, But I do think that he's bucked the trend a little bit. I feel like he's kind of the one that's been in place, that's kind of bought into the more analytical approach. And and you said load management, the things that we've seen that that we didn't necessarily see in the past. Um, and I kind of like the moves that he made. Now, I you could go back for the five or six years that we've done the show, and I'm a yes man when it comes to the team. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I, I seem to, to look for the bright side in just about all that. But no, I've been I've been impressed by the way that he's done things this year, and I, I've noticed that he's a heck of a lot more fiery than I expected him to be.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean that. You know, uh, he's gotten tossed out a few times, and and he definitely gets his say. Um, wanted to talk, and, and I want to do a little brief thing here about. Um, the discord channel that we have. Um, we've also broadened it out. Now The it's, it's about all the Cardinal podcast. If you're interested in joining it up with us, talk about our show, anybody else's show uh, anything else, send me a DM. I'll get you a link, but we had um, Ezra in there asking uh, about this approach. It feels like the Cardinals are, except for Goldie, Arnauto and probably Newt Barr, almost everybody else seems to be a platoon guys. And that's, that's definitely a different change than we've seen over the last few years. Right. I mean, we never saw a whole lot of, I mean, you always say it's somebody that would hit lefty, somebody righty, but not like all the time. Right. It's not like, okay, if this is left, this is almost our lefty lineup. This is our righty lineup. Um, that that's different than, than what we've seen over the last few years, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, it's, it's, uh,
1: there's a lot of plug and play,
0: and it's. I felt like that's that's benefited to Dickerson. It wasn't a, it wasn't a. Hey, we had to put Dickerson in the lineup due to attrition. You know, I feel like they, that we've uh, that they've picked their spots and it, it's worked. I mean, it, it's one of those to where last time may have been questionable that Albert that played against the Strider, but but they went with it. You know what I mean? And they probably had more gut feeling and instinct on, on how it was. And and heck, it may have been Friday night in the home stand of the biggest series of the year you know, Mm -hmm. type situation, right. May have played a part and I like that. So yeah, I mean, I, I am impressed at this point and, uh, and, and I'm curious to see how this plays out.
1: Yeah, it's, um, I I will say, and we've talked about it before, you know, Marmol has been quite, quite interesting to watch. Um, and I wasn't sure exactly what we were going to get out of that, but uh, you know, a young guy and, um, he's definitely brought a different approach than we've seen over the last little bit. Um, in talking about guys that have, you know, that Marmol might have to do something about Paul de Young. Uh, you know, we talked about him some last week and the first part of August was not bad, but over the last um, 16 games, which he's only started 12 of those, but Most of those starts were early on. It's only been the last couple of of days where he hasn't been starting. Um, He's hitting five, he's five for 48, which is a 104 batting average. He struck out 23 times in those 48 at bats, only drawn three walks. He does have one home run. It feels like we're getting back to the Paul O'Neill, or Paul O'Neill, the Paul DeYoung. Wow, goodness gracious. Uh, Paul DeYoung that we've seen uh, at the beginning of this year. Um, somewhat what we saw the last couple of years is the beginning of August where he was actually seeming to hit a little bit more of aberration. And this is the Paul de Young that, that we're going to have. And if so, what does that mean?
0: There was a part of the last three years where I would say that, Hey, that's probably the hitter that, that he is. And he's just trying to figure some stuff out, but I've, I've lost a little bit of hope on that because I feel like the bottom drops out so quickly. And it's not due to bad luck to him just blistering the ball at people. It's due to strikeouts. Um, That's one of those to where he's becoming one of those guys that you do kind of, that you wonder it's not going to be a change of scenery guy pretty quick. You know, like a non-tender type situation at the end of the season when rosters, you know, when they have to start clearing off that 40 man for non-tenders and things like that, because the story is starting to write itself, you know, it's not getting any better. It's that potential for 20 homers, 20 doubles type type deal, but you're going to get just way too many strikeouts. And while he's a decent shortstop, you can upgrade athletically there. It's it's becoming tough to watch. It's becoming tough for me to admit because, because I like DeYoung so much. Mm-hmm. But you feel like now that they've taken that next step when you have the two superstars that, yeah, you probably have room for that. But you have to find a spot for Donovan, Edmund, and Gorman at this point. Because Gorman could potentially be that next superstar. So, it's tough to watch. And it's, it's, it kind of stinks because that's the one spot in the lineup to where there were rallies that were completely killed due to a strikeout by DeYoung, personally. And, you know, the, the weight of that, not just of us saying it, but the, the weight's felt in the clubhouse as well. And and you just wonder how much longer it can go on, and how much longer he'll be. I'm not saying a release, but I just don't know if he can be an everyday guy.
1: Yeah, I feel like I feel like Paul DeYoung's safe for this year, right? They're no the Cardinals just are not. They're not the kind of team. I completely agree. That, I completely agree that a guy like DeYoung middle season, um, just because of what he's done for the team and how long he's been with them. Whatever. That being said, I think the offseason's fair game. And if they don't think they could get anything for, he, I mean, they can't get anything for him a trade. But I don't. If they can't get anything out of him, if they can't figure out the adjustments to be made, and you know, you know, it, it, best case scenario, they kind of have an idea of what Paul Dion needs to do. But it's going to take a whole like off season to really rework his swing and all that kind of stuff. I think that's the best case, and I'm not sure that that's even that reasonable. Um, I think they. I think they part ways at the end of the season, but then, you know, what do you do? There's a couple of, of shortstops out there on the free agent market this year. I mean, Trey Turner's technically, a, I think he's a free agent. I think uh, Swanson out of, of, of Atlanta is, is a free agent, but you've also got Mason Wynn coming up in probably what, two years, maybe Yeah. The way, the way going. What, yeah. Do you, what do you do at shortstop for the next couple of years?
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, we had talked about it a little bit in our, our, on last week's show. Yeah. And that's the thing that kind of – I don't want us to delve in Perez, Mason Wynn, you know what I mean? Because we kind of thought as a as a, a first-round draft pick that that was the heir apparent, that was how it's going to go, and that just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. I mean, ultimately, he right now he is a, a utility man, you know, trying to work his way through. Yeah. Um, I, you kind of wonder about Wynn. Uh, and I'm not the Cardinals don't necessarily look at the outlook and look, think about blocking someone you know type type situation especially that yeah. far out but that does seem like like they're gonna have that triumvirate of, of Gorman Donovan Edmund next year yeah. so you just wonder if Edmund doesn't come in as your everyday shortstop next year knowing that Donovan can play a little bit all over um you know it would be one of those things too where you're just like hey are you gonna be? Are you close enough to where you could be in the Swan Dansby Swanson or Wilson Contreras game? You know, next year. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if you can afford either one of those guys at this point. Well, they can afford whoever they want. But you just wonder: <clears throat> Are they going to go for the throat in those situations? or Are they going to wait on win? Because if they wait on win, the the obvious situation is going to be you're going to play Edmund next year if you don't move on from the young. Which these questions these questions alone make me wonder if Young doesn't get a full off season and another chance to redeem himself. And that's just going to go how it goes because I feel like they think of De young, like they did about my Matt Carpenter. There's just, you're know, not going to release any guy during the season. Like you said, you know, we know we're not going to see that, but I do wonder if the rope is a little bit longer with uh, De young in, in the same way that it was with Carpenter and the, they see the Carpenter has had that slight rebound, you know, you kind of wonder if they don't think that maybe they can do the same with the young. I, I mean, I don't know. That's kind of kind of talking in circles, but I feel like there's enough answers, temporary answers on the roster right now for to, that will keep them from going to get somebody.
1: Yeah, I, I really, I don't expect them to go after the big guys, even as fun as that would be. Um, because I think that if you've got a talent like Mason Wynn coming up, you want him to play shortstop. It's not like Jordan Walker, who was a third baseman and a first base, you know, corners, they'll move him to the outfield. You know, he's, he's there to hit. That's great. I mean, and I, I don't think that, I think if Jordan Walker had been a shortstop, they wouldn't have won a movie. You know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. I think if you've got a shortstop coming up that can play the defense that, that Win can play, it's huge. And, and then can hit like when can hit now, again, you're right. He's a couple of years away at least. Um, but I'm wondering, you know, I'm not, and you know, we've talked about that. I'm not excited about Tommy. I've playing every day. Um, I think we've seen him, and I think we've seen the Cardinals start to get a little bit more platoony with him as well. But we also have talked about how good it is to have him be able to play second, play short, you know, play some of the other places if necessary. I do wonder if they don't get some sort of veteran shortstop in here just to you know, not a not an everyday guy, but to to have another guy in that rotation of, of Edmund and Donovan and Corman and such, um, you know, basically a Paul DeYoung type that um, is a little bit more productive. That being said, they owe Paul DeYoung nine million dollars next year, and that no. might be enough to to get true very but, true know, if, if they could if they'll say, look, you go to do you do what Mark Carp- Matt Carpenter did. You go to driveline, you go to this, you do the, all this stuff and come back and let's see what you've got. You know, that, you know, maybe. Um, but I, you know, again, if you do all that, you're still just, you're taking the roster spot. I don't, I don't know. I think that Paul Young has been so rough. I mean, if he was hitting 220 with 20 home runs, then I think you just try to get by, but, I mean, when he's striking out half his time and hitting, you know, one hundred, man, it's hard to even hard to even see how you can gamble on him being better next year even when you have nine million dollars invested.
0: Well, no, I I completely agree. I mean, it just seems like we've been saying this now for this would be our third off season. Yeah. You know, and that and that's tough. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it is. It is hard, um, and we'll see. Those are, are tough decisions that they have to make. We'll talk about it quite a bit more along going along, but, you know, that, and I know we've, you know, like you said, we talked about it last week. We'll probably bring it up again, but it is, it's one of those nagging problems that the Cardinals have. And, you know, right now, everything else is, you know, if you had even just a little bit more production out of shortstop, then you probably win a few more games. Like you said last night, some big situations where De Young's come up, and there's been times where, yeah, if he comes up with two outs, you you know, the inning's over. And if he comes up with one out, you just hope he can ground out and move the runner along or something like that. Um, You don't expect anything out of him. And I think that's the only person, maybe Molina. I don't know that I ever expect a whole lot out of Yadier Molina at bat. Um, But everybody else, I think on this, in this lineup, I feel like you, not that they're going to come through and not that you really expect them to, but you, you at least have a possibility that they will, even with Carlson and, in O'Neal, it's like, yeah, they may strike out or they might, you know, they're probably going to, but I could see that them, you know, getting a hit here or getting a home run or whatever they, they could produce. I just, I don't know that I feel that way with DeYoung right now. I, I just, I'm, I'm just kind of stunned when he hits the ball.
0: I know. I agree. And that it's one of those situations too, to where I feel like O'Neal, Tyler O'Neill, has become the best version of Paul DeYoung.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean yeah.
0: by that. Yeah. To where you're, you're going to get some strikeouts, and they're going to be strikeouts in big situations too. But then he's going to sting you, and he may go on a week to where he hits five or six homers. You know, one of those things. That's just, I think that's what they expected out of out of the young at a key position. And I, I feel like that ship sailed.
1: Yeah, it, it's um, you know, there's the Cardinals, and we we'll talk more about that in a way. But the Cardinals don't have a lot to do this off season. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they approach it. Um, even, you know, they still have, they they still want to get better, um, because you're not going to get a triple crown Goldschmidt next year. And, you know, you're getting the best year out of Nolan Gorman or Nolan Arnauto that you'll ever probably get. So, you know, those guys are going to have a little bit of a letdown next year. You got to hope that some people will step up to it, and, you know, you're probably going to see Jordan Walker next year and that might be enough to. Get them excited. Very true. Years. Yeah, very <laughs> true. All right. Um, before we go, Albert, yeah, hits the home run on, <laughs> on at, the, at the Cubs game. Had a chance last night. I saw, what, he hit one to the wall. Um, what are you thinking now? I mean, we're a uh, yeah, week closer. Is, uh, does, he, does he pass A-Rod? Does he get to 700?
0: That's uh, the target I have right now is to pass A-Rod. You know, and I'm completely selfish in that. <laughs> you know, and that' why I want that to happen. The uh, just like we we, whenever we got off the the taping last week, I was like, "Oh man, it just seems so far, and you can't do it." But then he goes on the tear, and I sent you that message. I said, "Wouldn't he be the guy that can get this done?" And I'm not so certain he doesn't. Um It almost feels like there's a chance every time he hits, and and that's something that I didn't think. I mean, there was times early in the season I was like, "Okay." I hope this doesn't end like I think it might. You know, yeah. one of those to where it he gets the Matt Carpenter treatment, which Albert never would. But you just kind of wondered because he's going to be. in I mean, even on this show, I kind of question why he played against Strider. But like I said, I mean, I in Marmol's case, I probably start him biggest series of the year too. You never know what's going to happen. Um, so I in my I think that he passes a rod. I do uh, seven hundred, maybe too too far, especially with the with, with the. Uh, with the schedule that we have, but boy, it's been fun to watch.
1: Yes, it has been. Let's see. They got three games with Cincy coming up uh, next week in Cincinnati. They have, you know, home games and they've got a lot of home games left, which is a little bit, cons- I mean, not that he can't hit them out of bush. Yeah, I agree. That, uh, uh, yeah, that's a good point. You know, um, And, the, you know, he's facing some weaker teams there. He's got six games left, three in September, and then the three at the very end of the year in Pittsburgh. And I remember how much he tore up PNC park early on in his career. I mean, he owned that place when it opened. I mean, he probably still has some, some records over there. I, you know, if he can't hit it, if he can't hit a record in in St. Louis, which we obviously want him to do it in St. Louis. I would see him in PNC. I could easily see that. Um, you know, that stretch with the Padres and the Dodgers there at the end, of the, that's going to hurt because I can't, I mean, I don't know how many how many opportunities he have, but with those ballparks, you don't expect him to hit any of those out right there, right? That's six games left. I think he could pass A-Rod. I, and I don't, you know, you never rule anything out with Albert. Um, but I just, man, you know, again, you wish there was just, you know, 30 more games in 2020 if you had, or you know, oh, yeah. the whole season, but even 30 more games, he probably has one or two more home runs and this becomes a lot more likely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he could pass a right. I'm just, I'm not, I just, I think 700 may be tough depending on now that being said, if the Cardinals after the brewer series, um, on the 14th, uh, of September, The Cardinals will have two more with Brewers later on. But after the 14th, if they're still up on the Brewers by six, seven games, he may play not every day, but a lot of days. I mean, against like some righties just to give him more opportunities. Um, Because if they feel, because I think if they're up by, Six or seven after that spot, and you are talking about two weeks left. You feel pretty good about your chances, right? Um, yeah, especially with a they got a five game set with the Reds right after that in in Bush, um, and then you end the season with you know six against Pittsburgh. You are going to figure you are going to get some wins there. So I could easily see them, and especially that last the last two series against Pittsburgh, the three at home and the three in Pittsburgh to end the season. I could see him play it every day there. Yeah, um, just trying to give him as many opportunities as possible. Um, so, yeah, he may get a few more at-bats against righties down the stretch, and that may help him some. But, you know, I also kind of feel like he had this bunch, and he's kind of hit that peak, and now it's going to – you know, now that we've gotten all excited about it, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but, yeah. um, you know, hopefully hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully we see 700. And hopefully it's at home because that would be – you know, the Cardinals – Fans missed out on 500. They missed out on 600. They missed out on 3,000 hits. Um, it'd be really nice to see one of those milestones in Busch Stadium.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, it would be it would be awesome. And man, it's just it's at adding that intrigue. You know, not only the division lead, but to see what he can do. It's it's been awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean the last that last what week or two for Albert, and, and even somewhat now, even though he's kind of cooled a little bit. It was it was ninety eight again, right? Where every time Mark McGwire stepped to the plate, you had to stop and and try to figure out, you know, did he hit one? Is he going to hit one here? You know, uh, it was it really had that same feel that ninety eight had it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's gosh, like I said, I mean, the bombs going out and it was just like it uh, it was crazy. (laughs) Yeah, the the phones were blowing up. I mean, gosh, it was so much fun. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was crazy. So.
1: All right, we got a little long this time. Uh, do want to say thanks to everybody that's been listening, the, the folks that have been uh, commenting uh, on us on the show and, and sharing it with their friends. Appreciate all that you've done, uh, and we uh, appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. So until next week, for Alan, I'm Daniel. Good night.
0: Good night. It's amazing, Jack. This game of baseball you could not write. As he comes back out now and takes his. You can't write scripts like we see day in and day out, can you?